Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Edna Fitness or online at planetkiaNC.com. You can hit us up on the text line 704-570-9610. Walker, what you got going over there? All right, so we had Kevin write in, y'all forgot primetime's hair back in the Falcon days. That curl was nice. True. I did I don't remember him playing in with it with the Braves, but I guess he did. Yeah, he did. Right? He didn't have the Jerry curl like he had with the things, and he said people thought it was wet, but it was really dry. But the hair was really wavy, like mm-hmm. he had some type of product. In it's, his a, it's a it's a good entry. Fluke Juki said no Tim Lincecum, which is somebody we brought in during the break. Yes. didn't mention it on air, but yes, he didn't Lincecum give him his flowers. Did have long hair. Seven oh four said Brian Bosworth hair, which I guess is yeah, baseball, but I liked it. We can make that jump. Another jump <laughs> is from Justin writing in. One of my favorite long hair players as a Panther and wrestling fan in the 90s was Kevin Green when he showed up on Nitro with the four horsemen against the NWO. That was awesome. He's speaking your language. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you also, I mean, you could go to great hair from a lot of sports, especially when you start going football, because that was one thing I always liked. And, you know, one thing we've been talking about the NCAA football game and when they added dreadlocks that went out of the helmet down to the back. I loved it so much because when guys were running around, I do think that looks cool in football when you see Love guys it. flying around that and thing flying just yep. going everywhere. It like demonstrates how fast you're going. Yeah. The, the problem is, is when somebody grabs onto the hair yes. and it's okay to tackle you, you can't do that with Troy Palomalu next to you because right. somebody would, even with him having the hair, he would still do it to other people. And then people would, you know, if he had the interception, I think he got tackled, if I'm not mistaken, with that <laughs> beautiful head of head and shoulders. Finally, 704. This is Keith from Parkwood. This is way before your guys' time. But Jim Palmer. Yeah, the Orioles great. Jim okay. Palmer, somebody there. And last one, another guy before our time. But legendary mustache, Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers oh, had the big old French the curl, curl. The joints, 100%. Yes. Well, another young man with great hair that we're going to talk about, a little college football recruiting news. I know the Clemson Tigers and their fan base is very excited. They may have found their next great All-American linebacker, perhaps Sammy Brown, the nation's number one linebacker and number five overall prospect in the 2024 recruiting class. He has a mullet that won't quit blind locks, <laughs> folks. If you're sitting there and you have the ability to Google this young man, Google it because that's what intrigued me about him. I looked at his footage about a month or two ago because I saw the picture and I'm like who is this kid with this mullet and so I checked him out. Uh, He pledged to Clemson over the weekend over Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Tennessee and uh, this guy, he's a big dog, okay? Uh, Trevor Lawrence remains Clemson's highest ranked prospect in the modern recruiting era but Brown would still be one of the highest ranked recruits to land uh, with Clemson. He would be tied for 10th with K.J. Henry that's now playing for the Washington Commanders out of Winston-Salem. 
and he's the highest ranked linebacker recruit since Harold Perkins uh, in 2022, according to 24-7 Sports. So that's a big get for the Clemson Tigers, and he also is a big get for their, uh, their swag of their team because he has some of the best hair in America. Sammy Brown looks like... I feel like the name matches more of a quarterback. Uh-huh. Sammy Brown sounds like the number one quarterback prospect. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the name fits number one. It doesn't fit the position. This guy does look like a linebacker, though. Looks like it. The, he... mullet, the mullet. And plus, it's like a curly hair mullet, too. So it's yeah. not just straight with the flow in the back. He's got curls all across the board. Looks like a Clemson linebacker. Going to come in, and it is a huge get for Dan Do- uh, Dan Dockage. Goodness gracious. Dabo <laughs> Sweeney. Don't know why I went with the other one. That I have no clue why I did that. I apologize to Dabo. Yes, Dan Dockage way worse. Huge get for Dabo. And as we're talking about them continuing to replenish some mm-hmm. of the talent, trying to make sure they replace everybody that leaves for the NFL draft. Do you think this is a good start for them to try to get back on track, possibly getting to the college football playoff? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and I look at the one picture, too, just going back to the hair. He does have a Boz-like cut in one of these pictures I'm looking at at a camp. He's got multiple parts in the side. This kid has definitely got swag. I like it. But, uh, yeah, he's going to provide quality depth for them this year because with Barrett Carter uh, leading the crew with that linebacker spot, they've already got uh, a couple of the best linebackers in America and Barrett Carter and, oh, the other guy. Oh, and Jeremiah Chatterjee. Junior uh, as well. So he'll probably provide some depth for them this season and then kind of emerge as those guys move on. But folks, also, I'm here to tell you about Clemson offered another young man, David Sanders Jr. out of Providence Day right here in the Queen City. He is the nation's number one recruit for the 2024 recruiting cycle. He's been offered by Clemson and 30 other college football programs. And uh, so, you know, when I see guys from around the way and I see that they're ranked a certain amount of, you know, whatever it is in the recruiting rankings, and I'm like, okay, I immediately go check out the footage. So this morning I went to the footage of uh, Mr. David Sanders Jr. after I've seen him being called a unicorn, after I've seen uh, Kirby Smart and others say he could be one of the best offensive line prospects of all time. And I decided to go give his footage a gander. And, folks, I'm here to tell you that uh, you better get used to hearing this name because this young man could be a future first-round NFL draft pick. Uh, When you look at his footage, He's 6'6", 255 pounds, size 18 shoe. He swims. Monster. Okay, at the Alabama camp last year, broad jump 9'8", ran a 40, a 4.96 pro agility shuttle, 4'4", He can throw a shot putt 50. Did you say 4'4", 240? Is that what no, you No, 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 no. 4'4", pro agility shuttle. He runs. Put this man at running back. And, I mean, this Providence Day team is loaded. He blocks for 2024 five-star quarterback Jaden Davis, who's going to Michigan. He throws passes to four-star wide receiver Channing Goodwin and three-star wide receiver Jordan Ship. For those of you out there, my Queen City official brethren, you remember Daddy Steve Ship for the West Charlotte Lions back in the day that went to the University of Florida out of high school. But uh, when I watched the footage of this kid, man, they said he played tight end on their seven on 17, high-pointing balls, catching everything in sight. Uh, Providence Day coach Chad Grier said he's the best prospect he's ever coached. When you look at the footage, he's lean, but the technique is flawless. Every block is a pancake. His strength, I mean, he hits guys and they just go backwards or he's pancaking them. But also the footage is just, the 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 technique is flawless. I mean, he's arms out, head out of the pass blocks, feet 
just everything you could ask for. And so, like I said, they're calling this kid a unicorn. Clemson has offered him. And he seemed to be pretty excited when I read the quotes. He said he and his family had been waiting on the offer from Clemson. So it sounds like he could end up being a Tiger when it's all said and done. But we know in this NIL age and the bags that can be thrown at him, especially with the likes of USC and Alabama and the like on his trail, man, I'm telling you folks right now, Mark it down. David Sanders Jr., keep this kid on your radar. He is something spectacular. Yeah, 18-size shoe. Wolfpack James wrote that in. Like, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. That w- that's ridiculous. Also, Chad Greer said David Sanders Jr. is the best player that he's ever coached. He said prospect, so I best did want to clarify that. He said prospect. He said he can't say player yet because he hadn't played enough games, in his opinion. Okay. But he did say best prospect he's ever coached. That sounds like a save for his son that he coached <laughs> and Will Greer. Son, I just said like, prospect, not player. You're the best player, buddy. <laughs> Look, we love you. You're the best player. Just how are we going to argue with the 18 size shoe dude that is going to be the best prospect here, at least in 2024? So that is hilarious. So he'll be a great newcomer for whoever that picks him up. And it just kind of looking at some rankings real quickly with some of the best newcomers in all of college football. Mm-hmm. USC is voted by ESPN to have the best top impact newcomers coming into this next season. Yeah. But a couple ACC teams are right after USC, Miami with them finishing fifth in the 2023 recruiting class. And Florida State, number three, which I know you are not very high on, Wes. So what do you think about Miami, Florida State having some top uh, incoming newcomers this year? But it looks like if Clemson especially gets David Sanders, looks like they'll be right back on track. Well, the thing I like about what Miami's doing is because you know Mario Cristobal's a lineman at heart. So he's been attacking the trenches hard. They've got some nasty offensive linemen up front, big 320, 330 hogs ready to just – pave those roads for whatever running back gets behind them. And then Florida State, you know, I got to give them credit, though. They've been all over the place getting a lot of skilled guys, running backs, receivers. They've been getting a little bit of everything, so they've been doing a good job. All I'm saying is that the talent for me isn't there yet. And you're talking about a guy that was a Florida State fan from 1991 up until uh, I really started getting recruited heavily and still kept up with the program. And those folks remember those teams back then just loaded with NFL prospects at every single position. They're not there yet, but fans and the media want them to be, and that's all I'm saying is that they're not where they once were, where they were just stacked at every position. So there's only one other ACC team in the top 10, and I wanted to get your guesses at who that number 10 would be. By the way, this does include transfers. Just want to make that clear. So it's okay. not just freshmen so coming is, in. This has the best newcoming group so of best, players. best Impact newcomers this season, we had Miami 2, we had Florida State 3, only one other ACC team in the top 10. Who is it? Do you care to venture a guess? It is Louisville. Boom. Which I was surprised to see. (laughs) But if you bring in guys like, or programs like North Carolina, Duke just had their talent already in-house, so it's not like they had to hit the portal all that much anyway, because you mentioned a lot all of the guys that are returning. But Louisville, top 10, before we go to break... Could we get some kind of interesting season from the Cardinals program because of them having some nice transfers and some nice recruits? Yeah, I like I like what Satterfield's got building up there, what he's building. Now, I, I know they had a five-star running back in their class at one point. I'm not sure if he decommitted, but I know they had a very highly tied back. But that was the number one thing that made me think it was Louisville. Well, they have Jeff Brom now, just to be clear. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Jeff Brom. Where's my brain today? So, yeah. Uh, But, no, I like what he's going to do because he's going to put a fence up. Kentucky's a very underrated state uh, as far as 
recruiting goes. They they will have some guys there that, that can be had, that can make an impact. And also you're talking about you get a little bit of that feed in from Ohio, the kids that didn't necessarily go to Ohio State and some of the Big Ten schools, you can maybe get a couple of those guys to come in as well. So they're like the sloppy seconds for Ohio State is what Basically, you're calling Louisville. But that's not I heard, a bad shade. School to I heard be, mad uh, shade towards Louisville. <laughs> you tried to compliment them, but now you're throwing Yeah, shade. that's not a bad school to uh, be sloppy seconds too. <laughs> but when we come back, we're going to talk about a free agent running back or maybe a guy that the Panthers could trade for a running back that could come in and be, you talk about instant impact with Miles Sanders. We're going to talk about that and more. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. <laughs> I go acapella. Spaghetti, right. spaghetti. <laughs> we have no music, but that's all right because we come in hot anyway. That's right, baby. Hit us up on those social medias. Hit that follow button, man. Let's get these followers up. We got the content coming for you every day behind the scenes. WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram. HTB Josh. HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. Walker Mail on Twitter and the Wes and Walker Show page on Twitter and Wes Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. So, Carolina Panthers still may be looking for a weapon or two to make the offense a little bit more dynamic. And a guy that we've kicked around but haven't brought it yet to the public to speak about just yet mm. is one Dalvin Cook. Now, we know how dynamic he can be, albeit injury-prone. This is a guy who covered a ton at Florida State for the ACC Digital Network. And so this is a guy that uh, could be traded very soon. I feel like looking at this right here, it sounds like he already has been, but that has not been the case. But this is a guy that could be traded, or if not, he could be cut. And so, Walker Mel, I ask you, if you bring a guy like this in to the Panthers, now he's most linked to the Dolphins' hometown. He's a South Florida kid. But if the Panthers could somehow finagle him in a trade, they've got the Skrilla, do you think that this would be a guy worth pursuing? I don't think I would like to pay Dalvin Cook type of guy. He's a running back. (laughs) You asked. (laughs) I'm going to give you the answer. Okay. I don't want to spend money on Miles Sanders and then spend money on Dalvin Cook and bring him in. I I like Dalvin Cook a lot. There's also a reason that Minnesota's moving on from him too, right? Like Alex Alexander Madison, one of the better backup running backs if you play fantasy football, like a top handcuff of all time. 
Like when we go to the best handcuffs in fantasy football yeah. history, Madison is always going to be one of the guys that I think of immediately. And they're just deciding, look, bleep the handcuff stuff. He's going to be the starting running back, and we're not going to pay Dalvin Cook the type of money that he thinks he's worth. The guy's been very good. Now, this year, I believe he was a little more healthy than he had been two seasons prior, but this guy does have a pretty extensive injury history. It's a part of the reason why Minnesota is not wanting to pay him top-notch, top-five running back type of money. It might make more sense because Miami has a little bit more running back depth. They just picked up a really fast guy, I believe, out of Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken. But you also oh, traded... Hey, Devin A. Chang? I don't know his name. Okay. I just know the school. So yes. you might be right. I'm not going to argue that. I do know that they traded for a Jeff Wilson. You also have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. That that offense is fantastic. If you bring in a Dalvin Cook, it might make more sense for them. But you already just handed out what I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was the biggest new running back contract in NFL free agency this offseason, Saquon Barkley, some of these other guys, they might be set to make more, even a Dalvin Cook. But why would you compound that with another one for Dalvin? I I don't want to do this. If you already paid Miles Sanders, then I'm not doing it for Dalvin Cook. I'd rather spend my money elsewhere. Yeah, he signed a five-year, $63 million deal not long ago. He got 15-5 on the signing bonus, and he's due for a base salary this season of 10.4 and then 11.9 before it drops to, oh no, it does not drop. I was reading that wrong. And then it goes to 12.9 in 2025. Uh, there's a potential out in 2023, like I said, with the with the Vikings. So I'm not sure how that would go as far as the structure, who pays what. But as far as this goes, I, I also present to you in this, in the fact that you have the rookie quarterback, you don't have the most dynamic group of wide receivers, unless, like I said, the, the DJ Chalks, we know he can run, we know Mingo can run, but this isn't a group you're looking at and saying, wow, this is a really dynamic group. So this would be a back that you could add to the mix, and yeah, you will have to pay him a little bit, but who else are you going to pay as far as you've got the rookie quarterback? You're not paying a ton of guys. I know you have uh, some some important defensive well, you paid players Sanders, though. coming up. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you, you paid him too. Now, I don't know how it would go if he's either traded here or cut as far as how much Minnesota would have to take on of that salary and how much the Panthers would have to. Well, if he's cut... I mean, I think you just have a new, fresh contract. If he's traded, then maybe you start to work some of that out. Okay. But, but if he's cut, I mean, he's going to be looking for something big. Yeah, right? if he's cut, I mean, because Bigger. last season, he did play all 17 games, rushed for 1173 with eight scores. Oh, he's he's good. And I mean, then he yeah. caught 39 passes uh, for 295 yards. I think it would be a really good pickup for the Panthers. I think it just depends on what the number is and how long you want the deal to be. I think a two-year deal for him with a one-year out after a season, if he goes for that, because I don't think after he gets cut that he's going to command a ginormous deal. I don't think he's going to get a franchise back type of deal after you've been cut. Uh, the numbers are there, sure. He's got a healthy yards per game average. When you talk about 82 yards a game, like that's what you're looking for. But I think with the Panthers, if he's, if they're able to get him at a manageable salary, they would have to be. I can't think of a better running back duo in the game than what the Panthers would have for a young rookie quarterback to be able to rely on. And as we said, Miles Sanders, he hasn't always been the healthiest player either. So you would have great stability at that position for a young back to rely on and a 
emerging offensive line to really pave the way for what could be a dominant running game. Is that selling you anything? I, no. I used to work in sales. So uh, I didn't know if that was going to I'm sorry, man. You. Like, it was a good pitch. I, hopefully you had some <laughs> nice dinner while you attended my house, but I'm just going to have to pass on this despite having the A for effort. It all comes down to giving two bigger contracts to running backs. If you wanted to do a nice dynamic setup, then that's great. Draft somebody. Or have Deontay Foreman on some kind of $3 million deal. I think that's what he got in Chicago. But if you want to pay, I mean, how much? What's your number? I, I'm i just, I'm not taking him. I'm just saying for Diamond Cook, if, if he said, I mean, what would be your number? If you felt like you could get him at a reasonable, because you take him at a reasonable salary. So what would be your number? Uh, if Miles is making six. I mean, six? Okay. I mean, five? Six. <laughs> okay. So that means you'd have 12 million tied yeah. up in the running back spot. But he's not. But if you're talking about Dalvin Cook making bigger money than that, if, if Dalvin would be willing to do something like with six million and rework a contract, it, you know, Minnesota's trying to drop him because they want to free up money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if he thinks he's still worth the contract that he's on, which is a top three, four cap hit type of deal amongst all running backs in the NFL, if he still feels he's worth that despite turning 28 in August then another team who might be desperate enough, and it makes sense for Miami a little more so if they have some money to work with, but I don't see him signing a $6 million contract, and if so, right? Like, if other teams are willing to do that, then wouldn't he just want to go to some better contender than what Carolina would be? Yeah, I think that, so what they're saying is they're talking about um, the Miami Herald's Barry Jackson said it's a, certainly a real possibility if he's cut by Minnesota, there will be interest on both sides. He's talking about the Dolphins. If they release him, I would expect the Dolphins pursuit, but likely not a salary close to the 10.4 million he's due to make. So I just, so 10.4. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wonder if he comes out and he sits there and he doesn't get the money he's looking for, what would he settle for? Because we know if he doesn't get the money he's looking for, he's going to have to settle for something because obviously he wants to play football. So would seven do it? Would 6.5 do it? Like you just don't know. But I think if you could get him, even if roughly, if you went seven, I don't think that would be two Pro Bowl running backs at 13 million. That I mean, that would be a, like I said, I, I can't think of a better duo in the league. And I'm not the biggest Miles Sanders fan, but putting him with a guy like Davin Cook, man, that would be that would be sick. All right, so do you think the fan base at this point, we've talked about Davin Cook, we've talked about um, Devontae Adams, we've talked about Nuke Hopkins. Do you think that the fans want a high-profile offensive name or a solid defensive name because there are a lot of bargain pass rushers on the scrap heap right now that you could pick up as well. Talking about a few of the best free agents left yesterday, you discussed somebody like a Jadeveon Clowney. I know people are starting to talk a little more about Yannick Ngakwe. It does feel like there's a little bit of a split between you would rather go after DeAndre Hopkins or you would rather have one of these solid but not fantastic edge rushers. I do feel like fans are leaning a little more towards the latter because I think most fans feel okay about the wide receiver position. No, it's not phenomenal by any means, but I feel like everybody's okay with it. 
there's not a lot to boast about when you talk about the opposite edge rusher on Brian Burns. You have Marquise Haynes, good situational pass rusher, small, but good situational guy. DJ Johnson and YGM, both unproven. One is going to get his first NFL snap this year, and one was a second-round pick that has not hit at all, at least yet, in his NFL career. And so if you wanted to go after DeAndre Hopkins, older, right, still good, but older, don't know how much that production is going to keep up as he gets a little as he goes on. Or if you could just get somebody that's solid, isn't going to be your top ed- edge rusher, that's going to be Brian Burns. Where if you pay DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be your top wide receiver, at least in the short term. And who knows what kind of deal that he would have to agree to. I feel like more people would want a solid defensive player right now more than the number one wide receiver on a short-term contract. Because if it's Devontae, you're having to give up a lot to go trade for him. If it's DeAndre, you're giving him a decent-sized contract. And I imagine there's going to be enough of amount of teams in play to drive that price up. I think most fans want the solid uh, defensive player. Uh, Yeah, I think it depends on the type of fan you talk to. I think the more casual fan is always going to get excited for the bigger name. You see a Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and I'm like, whoa, we got that guy. But I think most fans probably in the know may lean towards edge rush. It just depends on the value that you're getting. We know this is an offensive league. We did see in the Super Bowl, like I said, the Chiefs defense wasn't world beaters. They were more opportunistic than anything. Now, the Eagles had a real deal defense. But when you talk about the guys that are available out there on the edges, I mean, we talked about Frank Clark yesterday. The volatility personality-wise there, the risk you'd be running. Jadavian Clowney, kind of the same thing. Not in the same mode, but just a guy who kind of underachieves. You don't really want that element around your young guys. Leonard Floyd's gone. After that, you're talking Trey Flowers, Kyle Van Noy, uh, some so of those some old Patriots. Yeah, some of those guys. Uh, Justin Houston would be yeah. a good get, but he is a you know wily veteran. Malvin Ingram, we know he's had a lot of injury issues in a Carlos Dunlap. So I think as far as what would get the fan base more excited, I think definitely a high profile, high profile offensive name. I think the Panthers have the money to be able to do it. I think the key is what terms are you going to do it on? If you bring in any of these guys, now, like I said, Devontae's a little bit different because his contract is already set. But if you go and get a DeAndre Hopkins or a Dalvin Cook, especially if he's cut, then how are you going to do it? Is it going to be a short-term deal? Is it going to be two years, three years? I think, Max, you could probably go three years with the team option after the second season was what they want to do. And I don't think it would be a bad idea because I, I still think the Panthers could use a couple more weapons until we really see what they're going to get from Jonathan Mingo. I think that they could use a couple more weapons maybe or just another weapon that could be dynamic in that offense. But another guy uh, sitting there in that quarterback room, Matt Corral, he's reportedly looking better in practice. Do we give any shot to him supplanting Andy Dalton this season as the second best quarterback and the number two quarterback QB two, you could call him, or is it smart to get him out there in the preseason, show him off, let him do his thing. He'll probably end up getting some cleanup duty at some point this season and flip him like real estate. I feel pretty comfortable saying there's a 0% chance that he supplants Andy Dalton as the backup QB. Mm -hmm. Andy Dalton was just voted the best backup QB in all the NFL. If you don't think that was true, then you probably have to put him top five came in and played pretty well for New Orleans last year. A veteran QB 
in the room with some young guys like Matt Corral still is. And of course, Bryce Young is with him entering his first season in the NFL, unless there's an injury with that being the caveat, unless they just shift because they've lost so many games and you're deciding, okay, maybe Matt Corral has something. And so you have the last four games of the year seasons already in the toilet short of anything like that. No, I don't think that Matt Corral is going to outperform Andy Dalton in practice to the point where you're going to feel good about him winning games over Andy Dalton if Bryce Young is hurt. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that, man, it's interesting because we know that Frank Reich told him to play the long game. And this is a kid, like I said, I knew his pedigree coming out of high school. He was highly touted. He put up numbers at Ole Miss, and I think he's got a lot of skills NFL teams would cover as far as that kind of live arm, quick release that he's got. I want to see... What he's going to do, first and foremost, I think he's one of the guys I want to see the most in the preseason. I want to see what Corral's got, how he's going to come out and compete with the fact that he knew the starting opportunity was going to be taken away from him. Not that anybody ever thought he would be, but we knew that coming into the draft, especially once the Panthers got the top pick. His opportunity to be the starting quarterback was certainly out of the window. So I just want to see how he recovers from this. Does he have a chance? I don't think so this season, but man, it's so rare that you see teams take or keep two good young quarterbacks because the demand is going to be too high, especially if you're one of the teams this year that lose out on the sweepstakes that is Caleb Williams, Drake May, and whatever prospects emerge. This is a guy I think the NFL teams will covet if he comes out in the preseason and he plays really well and develops a good reputation. I think this is a guy that the Panthers could be able to flip maybe for a second, third-round pick, maybe well, I think that's a high. little bit more. Maybe. I mean, it just depends on how he looks. If he comes out in the preseason – and he looks the part of the third round that he was drafted in, and he looks pretty good. Like, you could get something out of him. Like You talk about flipping something, a third-round pick that hadn't played a regular season snap sure. and flipping that for a second-round pick. Hell, yeah, you do that right now. That's what I'm saying. So if I think, that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I think that that would be something that the Panthers would definitely be able to take advantage of. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. Uh, the, and the thing about DeAndre Hopkins is funny. I, you would think that he would have had a team by now. I wonder what's going on with that situation. I think DeAndre Hopkins said that he was going to let this play out. He was going to take his time, try to figure out what team he wanted to sign with, because there is going to be interest. And as Jeremy Fowler reported, I saw this reported a few days back, saying it's not that there's not enough interest. It's that this is kind of a DeAndre thing. All right, if Kansas City wants me, is it a better fit than Buffalo who might want me? Do I go to Baltimore? where you already have the best receiving group that Lamar Jackson has ever had. There are plenty of teams out there that I think it would make a lot of sense if they went after DeAndre Hopkins. So that's really the only high-profile guy offensively that I think is out there right now for Carolina to go after, unless you include Dalvin Cook, too. So when we had that conversation at the beginning of the segment, right? High-profile offensive guy or solid defensive dude, there's a lot more in that pool in the ladder. Really, it's DeAndre and Dalvin. And to me, you already paid some money towards a guy like Miles Sanders. Now, we did have some sound, but if you don't mind going back at 1220, because we did have some sound with one of these solid defensive guys, like a Yannick Ngakwe, somebody that I brought in. Miles Simmons, he was talking about this on the Kyle Bailey show yesterday, discussing, hey, maybe Yannick Ngakwe would be a fit here for Carolina. 3-4 versus 4-3 is sort of overrated, but... When you're looking at the system, like Leonard Floyd played under a defense that Ejiro Evero coached on with the Los Angeles Rams. So 
in that way, like that system already works. And when you look at Ngakwe, he's been at his best when he is in that traditional four, three, you're putting your hand in the dirt kind of defensive end. And he especially has excelled under Gus Bradley. Um, that was the case where he was there with uh, them in uh, Las Vegas, uh, with the Raiders. And then also he did okay um, with uh, the Indianapolis Colts under Gus Bradley too. So I, that's where I don't know if the fit would be the best defensively. Uh, I was talking about the Panthers and Ngakwe. Here's the thing for me. It might not be, but at the same time, you're so far into the offseason process. You don't have your pick of the litter as far as free agency already being done. So with Jero Averro being multiple anyway, it doesn't mean that Ngakwe has to come in and start because you might be going 34. But when you have your pass rushing packages, you can go and feel pretty good about Ngakwe getting to the quarterback. Like right now, I don't really care about fit. If you have a better name and some of those packages and he's willing to sign with you, maybe he's not. But this would be somebody I, I want them to go after another edge rusher. I'd feel I'd feel a lot better if they did that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I still would want to wait and see uh, what you're going to get from DJ, and then also what well, YGM. But I want to see the rookie more. But I mean, you're talking about a guy in Yannick Ngakwe. The, the run defense grade is pathetic. It's not good. Yeah, no, it's not. Twenty two point seven percent missed tackle rate. I mean, this is a guy that's basically a pass rushing specialist at his finest. I think hell, you got that with uh, my man Marquise Haynes. So I think that the Panthers could probably stand pat. And you know, has a better grade. They see. You know, has a better grade. Who's that? Jadavion Clowney. A yeah. lot better grade. I'm just saying. By what? Three, four points? Look at it. It's a lot better what than that. What about his motivation grade? It's a lot better than that. Does he have a good motivation grade? I know the production is a lot better. <laughs> I don't care. If you are 50% motivated and still produce a lot better than Ngakwe, cool. You know, you know, be lazy in some of those snaps. We'll play you 50% anyway. All right. So that means he probably would get four sacks over the two you had last year? Uh, probably. He'd, he'd be a lot better at stopping the run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with it, man. If your 50% is better than Ngakwe's 100, cool. Come perform with us in the black and blue. All right, man. Last flash of the day. Fitty, keep your shirt on, literally. It's all right to be little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Why? I love whenever Wes drinks the Haterade. I mean, he just doubles down on it and takes like an extra sip or two and just keeps Satan on whoever he's Satan, whether it's Scoot Henderson, Jadavion Clowney. When you take your victory sip after a take like that, we call, <laughs> we, we, we call it on Lockdown Hornets getting swiggy with it. That's what we call it. That's what Doug likes to do quite a bit as well. All right. Uh, Not a whole lot for you. Just want to remind you guys that the Charlotte Knights, they start a six-game series on the road. Tonight in Gwinnett, coming off a, a weekend where they did win two of three against Nashville. First pitch is set for 7.05 on MILBTV.com. Well, that's what's up. I'm a big Knights fan. I got to get out there and get me a new hat, man. I got to get a little bit of new merch. The new color. I'm wearing some Charlotte Knights gear They right had now. a dope hat the other the day. They changed. You know how they like to flip and change teams. And they had one. It had um the Charlotte skyline in the background, and it was purple. It was super dope. But, uh... Anyway, when we get back, we close this thing down. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. 
In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. But Fiddy just said a sentence that I love just because there wasn't really any detail and the way that it came out of someone from Historic Lancaster. He makes fun of me for Catawba County, so I can do the same thing with Historic Lancaster. He said, tonight I'm going to take my mama and we're going to go eat some chicken. It's like, all right. Where are you going, Fiddy? Where are good you taking country mama? living. Where are you taking mama? And we're going to the good old Hathaways in Monroe. I actually forgot my wallet. And she made it known on Sunday, I'm buying dinner. Mm-hmm. So I was like a third of the way to work. And because I'm the grandson that I am, turned back around, went back to got the uh, to get the plastic. You've had some real problems as far as who was paying for what within your That's friend That's why group. he loves uh, Alan Harper so much. He Alan does. Harper was classic for forgetting his wallet. And this is not <laughs> Wes telling any lies. Fiddy himself has told us how many times he loves Alan Harper. Yeah. And so now I start to see the connection. Yeah. I, speaking of that, I watched an episode, I think it was last night, of Two and a Half Men where he was going out to dinner with Charlie and their mom was coming and he started off by saying that he was going to he was going to pay for the meal. I hate this episode so much. <laughs> by the time it all got done, he he pulled the I forgot my wallet card. Oh yeah, for sure. But then Charlie and Charlie is very keen on him paying the entire time. Yeah. And Charlie throws it at him. But I still think Charlie paid for the meal. Is that the one where he yeah. got up and went to the bathroom and then Charlie went with him to yes. make sure? Yeah. There, there, <laughs> he tries to escape in every which way. And now it seems like you're starting to get into the real problems with Alan where there's nothing redeeming. Like at the very beginning, you might feel a little bad for him because there he's going through the divorce, yeah. because mm-hmm. there's just some real problems. But now, what episode are you on? What season? Middle of season three. Okay, okay, yeah, it's starting to get real bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, I think it's starting to get really good. And uh, then when you have Ashton Kutcher come in, I didn't realize that he could get worse. But Alan does. <laughs> he gets even He's worse. He's a supreme leech. Supreme. And when he, look, spoiler alert, whatever, but there are so many low, I don't even know what the lowest moment for Alan is. Oh, that's a good uh, that's There's a so good many. One. Yeah, there's so many. I think the one that I would go to is him panicking and diving into the ocean when Ashton Kutcher throws the ring for oh, like yeah, billions yeah, yeah. and millions, bajillions, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Evil face dollars. Yes. That's that, a good one. I'll have to ponder on that. That one. one's such a bad one. He's got some low moments. I was thinking about this because like as much as you watch that show for Charlie, to me, Jake makes the show. Jake's great. I did love Jake the entire time. He was really funny. And oh, I watched- the Ponzi scheme. Is his lowest moment. There's so many. Mm, I, I watched the episode, I think it was last night or this morning, where he takes the uh, the ballet classes. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Because meet Char- Mia. Yeah, but uh, is there is has there ever been a better kid casted for a role in TV? Oh, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Jake, but yeah. Who is it, Wes? Who's better? Carlton Banks. Ashley Banks. 
Uh, as far as funny, I mean, I loved Ashley Banks. Carlton, now Carlton was funny. But bro. was he? A, I guess that's kind of like teen. If yeah, we're going he was like, in high school. If we're going like before ten years old, I guess like child. Okay, I think we're just going like child okay. actor rather than teen actor. Then yeah, ma- he's like eleven in the show. Raven was, on the Cosby's. Jake was very good. Yeah, Raven was a huge mm, hit. Yeah, she, she was. was she was great. Raven Simone was great. Um, the other thing is, I I feel like I need to talk about this since Wes decided to record very last minute. He asked, <laughs> hey, what kind of trash are we going to talk about at the very end? Because we're not doing On This Day in Sports History anymore. So we're moving on from it. Just not enough. On This Day, it retired. It did. We can <laughs> we can talk about this in 2024, what happened on June 6th. On This Day in Sports History, retired. Um, have you guys seen the $3,500 Vision Pros released by Apple? These virtual reality goggles. Yes, I because have. My question is... Why have we not given up on trying to make this a thing? Because I always thought that it was going to be the next big thing for even video games. And even then, it never really took flight. We was about the best we could do, and that's just motion sensor. But you keep, you're doing the money sign, but I don't feel like enough people are investing in this. Do they just think we were a little early and then we're going to continue to do this? Like, all right, we're just 10 years early. Now it's really going to start picking Mm -hmm. up. I just feel like it's a loser's investment. I think it's just affordability. I think if people could buy it, they would. I think, I mean, you're talking about starting at 3,500 bucks. You got 3,500 bucks laying around and you can just go buy that uh, headset to yes. play with. You're asking me? Because I don't. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if, 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 if it was priced at $200, people would be fighting in stores and knocking each other out over them. So I think it's just a, a matter of affordability. Uh, you know what? I mean, well, okay, but like. I can't imagine that they would make any profit it, so they can't be. I mean, sure, at sure, sure. But I'm just saying, in a perfect world, if they were affordable to the common customer, well, they you wouldn't be able to keep them. Well, but I mean, fair. Thirty-five hundred is athletes and people that make big money and just have a lot of discretionary you're, income. You're saying this is well worthwhile for them. You're saying this is a worthwhile yeah. thing to go ahead and produce. We had it no. uh, at at ACC in our room one year. We had virtual reality games. Uh, that we played, and it was amazing. I mean, nothing can mess with your mind more. We had one game that it was like you were a scuba diver and you were on top of the ship, and you were in the bottom of the ocean. And it's like, before you know it, depending on which direction you were, you turn around and there's a giant whale that swims up on you and it's just sitting there looking at you. And you know good and well you're in the bottom of the building in the conference room, but your mind is telling you you are not. And you turn around and see this giant fish looking at you and you automatically are jumping and shaking and you should have seen, we had the old videos of Dabo and Dalvin Cook and Deshaun Watson and all these guys playing virtual reality games you couldn't tell them they weren't immersed in these environments. I will say, so those guys are all pretty rich now. How many of those guys do you think have those guys? I think these Apple ones are going to take off okay. because they're getting a lot of buzz as far as media and stuff. And you know how guys with money, they start hearing about stuff and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get some of those. What oh, do you think, Fiddy? Dabo's got to have a pair, right? And that's <laughs> what he wears when he's going full chotch on the recruiting trail to try to sell to these kids. that Look, I might not be in the portal, 
but I'm still like up with the times. Oh yeah, Dabo's got to have a pair. Five six two rode in. Not much market for that one because of the price, but virtual reality is doing fine. So that's what five six two is writing in. Yeah, thirty five hundred dollars. We'll see if people are willing to spend any money on this. Do you think in this virtual reality, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson made the college football playoff the last two years? <laughs> yeah, I think they did. I think for sure you can see Dabo in his house. He's probably got a room that's really clear so that he can be the virtual quarterback that takes his team to a college football playoff um, national championship. Does he just walk around in his house with reality programmed in, except that he has cleared some space on the trophy case where fig, uh, you know, fictional trophies yeah. exist on yeah. the trophy case? Yeah, and also you have to remember, too, a lot of sports teams use uh, VR for practice. Uh, they use that for the kids, uh, especially in football. They use it as far as going through progressions and reads and things of that nature. They use VR. Uh, Matt Greensboro said $300 for Oculus. It is something I've heard of. That's affordable. So they've already got it out there. I hope it's a lot better than Oculus. Well, we need to. We should invest in some. Everybody pitch in 100 apiece, and then we can just share. We, we'll uh, send it to each household on a different week. Yeah, we'll see what they're talking about. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Fiddy <laughs> yeah, owes me some money. Speaking of, of bringing this full circle, right? Like when we were talking about Fiddy and being involved in you're supposed to pay for dinner or breakfast or lunch, whatever. He's been in a few of those conversations with Flounder already. Apparently, he was praising Shroppy yesterday for going to get Jersey Mike's. And Fiddy was saying, Shroppy? You know, you know how Fiddy is, man. When he's feeling himself, he kicks his legs up there on the desk. And he said, Shroppy, you probably did the best thing you've done so far since you've been working here. You got the order exactly right at Jersey Mike's. And then as soon as you thought it was going to be all rainbows and ponies and all sorts of stuff like that, he said, you didn't get the chips I wanted, though. <laughs> <laughs> like the best thing he's he's done since he's been here still was not 100% correct. Yeah. Like Fitty's a hard boss and he tries to get mad at us sometimes yeah. with how bossy, with how bad of the co-host we are. And this guy won't give Shroppy any love for getting the sandwich order right. Yeah, and then he mistreats Flounder. I know. Flounder just, you I've know, seen does it. so much for him. We've seen Fitty it. just talks bad to him and just, that's a good friend, man. It is a good friend. Yeah. You know, Flounder, we're your friends. If I was even Flounder, if Fitty's I'd not. tell you to go to hell. <laughs> and wow. with, with that, we will end Weston Walker on a Tuesday. Stick around. Kyle Bailey, smoke Ludwig coming up next. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.